Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. It had a thread tie in the quality of your decisions is a quality determines the quality of your life and uh, because when you think about God God gives us a new start he gives us a fresh slate he gives us a new opportunity for no matter what happened last year so new year fresh starts what we've been talking about and the biggest focus I can tell you when you really hone in on the fact of God's values you're made in the likeness and the image of God And so whenever you will seek after God's way through God's will in his word, then your decisions becomes easier because here's the truth. Most people are not good decision makers. And when you make decisions, your decisions makes you. So today I'm going to wrap up this series and we'll tell you about what we're going to start next week. But today I want to talk to those of you who feel like giving up. You know, it's really pretty easy for any human to put on a fake smile but be tormented on the inside of what's going on in your life. Some of you may be wanting to give up on a goal or on a dream or on a vision that you started because what ends up happening as you're trying to move toward that, you hit resistance and then it seems like you stall out. And when you stall out, you just simply want to throw the towel in because when you get that situation where there's little or no progress, you get frustrated, you get discouraged, and next thing you know, you just feel like giving up. Maybe you've been fighting for your marriage, but you feel like you're running out of fight. Maybe you're believing for a miracle. You're believing for a miracle of one of your kids to come to Christ because you see the life they're living and it's not good. Or you're believing for a miracle because the doctor has given you a terminal prognosis and you're believing for God to heal you. Or maybe you're looking for that miracle to be able to happen in your finances because you poured your life into this company and next thing you know, they gave you a pink slip. Or maybe you're wanting God to do a miracle in your life because of an addiction that's taken over your life. And you just like to see God break the chains so no matter what it is maybe it's a relationship you need to be restored and I could go on and on and on but things just seem to get worse so whatever it may be you just feel like throwing in the towel that's when you just feel like giving up if that's you today I'm glad you're here I'm glad you're watching online because God has got so much more and I believe God has got a word for you today Father in the name of Jesus we come to you today and we thank you that you're still on the throne, that you're still the miracle-working, promise-keeping God. So I pray for every soul under the sound of my voice today, God, that might be listening online, across the globe, across the world, or in this auditorium here, God, today. God, they've got that down inside of them, and it seems like I've tapped onto something, God, but it's you that's tapped on it, that they may feel like giving up. So I pray, Lord, today you're going to do a miracle in their life. And today, it's going to be a direction that they've never thought would come. And it's going to be because of you. So we pray, God, today, in Jesus' name, that no one's going to give up. 
And today's going to be a new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when I always start something, I've always said this, it's not how you start, it's how you, it's how you finish. No matter what it is that you are starting, we can all be great starters in life, but it's how you finish that makes the difference. And this idea is more important than most people really ever understand. What do you think separates average people from amazing people? Have you ever thought about that? What separates people that's fulfilled and those that just seem empty? What separates people that are successful and those who just seem to to struggle to no end? Well, I can tell you it's not intelligence. It's not their appearance. It's not how much talent that they have. It's not how many degrees of education that they have down their arm. It's not who they are or what they know. The bottom line to it is, is one word, it's called perseverance. Perseverance. You may not have thought about that before, but you, you drive to the finish. You have this innate power inside of you through God's help to be able to refuse to quit. And so when you think about successful people, why do successful people succeed? Because they have grit. They have grit. Successful people have this strength of character that refuses to quit no matter what. I love what the author Angela Duckworth said. She said, enthusiasm is common, endurance is rare. So true. You make your mind up and no matter what, you're going to be a finisher. So today I want you to think with me. When I commit, I don't quit, I am a finisher. Say that with me. When I commit, I don't quit, I am a finisher. Now say it like you mean it from the depths of your soul. When I commit, I don't quit, I'm a finisher. See, you, get, you have the strength of your character that builds up where God helps you. And you have this perseverance, you get this grit, you have this refusal that you're not going to quit. And here's the thing about it, I want you to understand why you need God's help. Because you have an enemy called the devil and he's going to fight at every avenue of your life, every season of your life. He's going to do everything he can do to be able to trip you up and pull down your endurance. He's going to try to put that quitter's attitude inside your life because he hates you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He does not want you to win. He does not want you to persevere. He does not want you to have endurance. He wants to do everything he can do to get you to give up. Because there's no future for him. And there's a future for you. You see that? It's so, so true. Today, I want us to look, and for those of y'all, if you've been around church very much or not, A guy named Paul wrote a whole lot of the New Testament Bible. And whenever God knocked him off his high horse and he went from Saul persecuting Christians to his name changed to Paul and started preaching the way, talking about Christianity and the way of Jesus, he got toward the end of his life. And there was an emotional farewell that he wanted to write to his spiritual son, Timothy, in in his second book to Timothy, in chapter 4, it appears, and we understand by history, that the Roman emperor Nero had sentenced Paul to death by being beheaded. While Paul is waiting his, awaiting his execution in a deep dungeon 
underground, understanding the living conditions was worse than for an animal that a lot of people would die in the dungeon before they even came to the point of their execution. Days before Paul was beheaded, Paul writes to young Timothy and he says these words. Now, before I say these words, these are words that many people, including myself, that have carried funerals that people will speak after someone has left this world. But today, I want you to grasp it for your living life. He says this, he says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. He's facing death and he's saying, keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So he's saying here, and he's telling Timothy, which is applicable to every single one of us, finish what God has called you to do. Now Paul refers to himself and he says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. Obviously, Paul had finished his race, but you know what? You and I haven't finished ours. That's what the beauty of what we're talking about here today. And you know what? Everybody, including myself, we all here at some point in time, we get discouraged. We want to give up. We want to throw in the towel. But here's something I want to tell you today. If you're not dead, you're not done, right? Look at the person and tell you and say, you're not dead. Look back to the other and say, you're not done. And that's the way it is. You're not dead, you're not done. That's just a fact of life. So if there's a ministry that you need to start, or maybe there's a business you need to launch, or maybe there's some kind of content you need to create because you're a creative, or some kind of hope you need to share with somebody, or some kind of friendship that you need to make, or some kind of addiction that needs to be broken, listen to me. Tell the person next to you, God's got more for you to do. So much more. But here's what's happened especially in the, the race of this place that we live in called the United States. People get to the point of, of being overwhelmed because they run too hard and they live in an overwhelmed state and they get wore out. And every time it seems like you get your head above water, somebody opens up the floodgate on your life. Isn't that America? Isn't that where we live at? There's an author, his name is David Allen. He wrote a book called Getting Things Done. It was a prerequisite read for our staff for a long time, and I just give him the bullet points from it. Cause, but anyway, in this book, this book talks about the art of stress-free productivity. One of the greatest points that I tell our staff is that it's the two-minute rule. I'll tell you, it's a very cool thing. If you have something that they can do, whether they're sitting in a meeting at the table or whatever we're doing, if there's something that any one of them can do in two minutes or less, they don't write it down. Even if they break away from the table for two minutes and come back, you don't have to put it on your to-do list. It's done in two minutes or less. Really, really good thing to do in any kind of leadership you're doing or in your job and different things. But anyway, in this book, it's really great in stress-free productivity. Here's a quote from David Allen, and I want you to read this with me. He says, much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what they've started. Wow. Think for a moment about what you haven't finished. Think about all the things you haven't finished and, and that could be the root cause of undue stress that's going on in your life at the moment. You know God prompted you to maybe start something, but you never finished it. 
And you're thinking, yeah, that's true. Hun, when we get home, we got to watch the next season of Chosen. We've missed that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that God has called you to do. Listen to what John the Revelator said here to the church at Sardis. It says, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. You didn't finish. He's telling the church, you didn't finish what God had asked you to do. Here at this church, have you finished what God has asked you to do? That is the question today. So what's your unfinished business I asked you today? I pray that the Holy Spirit begins to touch your heart with it. Honestly, we can be great starters but not be great finishers. Have you finished your degree? Have you dropped the 20 pounds? Have you been a person that started a hobby? Maybe you've been here for 12 years and you're thinking about joining a church finally. <laughs> Maybe it's a situation where that you know you need to join a connection group because you really don't know a lot of people. You come in and sit and stare at me for 30, 45 minutes, you go back home. You really don't have those intimate relationships. Maybe you know that God's been trying to touch your heart to start a ministry. Maybe it's a situation where you know you need to be serving in God's church because he's gifted you to do that. Maybe it's where you need to launch a business. Maybe you know there's some unfinished business of someone you need to apologize to, but you snub them every time you see them at work and dodge them so you don't have to speak to them in the break room. Maybe it's a situation where that you need to heal a broken relationship. Maybe you're somebody that God's been pricking your heart and say, share your faith with them. Or maybe you need to get back to the point that you said you would give God something you told you'd give him and you didn't done it. Whatever it is, what unfinished business is it in your life that you haven't followed through on? God is, what's God saying to you? What's he, what's he saying? What is, that, what is that point? What is that ministry? What is that part of life? Look what Paul said in his second letter to the Corinthians. He wrote two letters to them. I have a really good saying for the Christians in Corinth. They were Christians gone wild, okay? There's other shows out there that you don't need to be watching that's talking about gone wild. But I'm talking about these Christians had gone wild. But he said this to them. He said, here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now, you should finish what you started. You may ask, what does it matter, Pastor, if I quit? What does it matter if I give up? See, every decision, listen to me closely, every decision that you make, every decision that I make affects our future. Basically, you're saying what kind of person that you're going to be when you decide to quit. You're saying you don't have what it takes when you do. And I know you really don't want to say that of yourself. And you know what it ends up doing? It creates a deficit in your life that can grow. You say, what do you mean? That deficit begins to grow because you're building on that which you didn't finish. You're building on those things of which you started, and it's not helping you. It builds a spirit of inadequacy. It builds a spirit of insufficiency in your life, and it won't help you in your life. And, but whenever you stand strong in the Lord and you persevere and say, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to be a finisher. I'm going to persevere. When I commit, I don't quit. I'm a finisher. That's what makes the difference. Those of you that, you know, if you've been around a long time, some of the things I've shared, I've shared before, and, and I'm sharing things with you that 
throughout my life, but, you know, I grew up in the church, got away from the church, and ended up in jail at 18 years old, and I prayed to God to get me out of the mess I got myself in, and I uh, prayed for a good woman that would come and give me the incentive to give up my friend circle that, that I was with and got involved in drug dealing and all that kind of stuff at 18 years old. And after the Lord sent, the, sent Shanda in my life, and we got married, started having kids, began teaching Sunday school, and next thing you know, God calls me into the ministry. And when he called me in the ministry, you know, it's kind of like the Apostle Paul when Acts chapter 9, when he got knocked off his high horse, and the Lord said, why are you persecuting me? He asked the Lord, he said, who are you, Lord, and what would you have me to do? Well, that's kind of, and then he stealed away to Arabia for three years and studied the scriptures to figure out Yeshua was in the scriptures. Well, that's the same thing that was on my mind. I wanted to be a person that would steal away. So at that point, after the calling, I wanted to go to school. So I started going to school and it took me seven years to get my associate's degree. Now you can laugh. You're saying seven years. And here's what's funny about it. The reason it took seven years, I was working a full-time job. I was raising three girls. I was preaching all over the country, doing different things that I was doing. So it took me seven years to get it. So whenever they mail me my cap and gown, though, there's this yellow rope with the cap and gown. And I look at my wife and I say, hey, I said, what's the yellow rope? I have no idea. She said, oh, my goodness, you've made honors. I had no idea. And they said that I made cum laude. I had a 4.3 GPI. And I said, thank the laude because it liked to kill me. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It liked to kill me getting it done. But anyway, there I was. I, I wanted to start. And so then I wanted to go to Union University based out of Hendersonville. And I wanted to get my uh, bachelor's degree in leadership with a church concentrate, bachelor of science and all that. And man, I started working real hard and transferred my, my, my credits and all that kind of stuff. And I get down there, but then I'm trying to clep out of these tests. I don't know if you've ever taken a clep test, but they time you and it's a huge amount of questions. And I failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. And I got to this, this close. I said, you know what? I'm too old to learn anything. I can't memorize anything. You ever felt like that? But I kept on and on and on. And I remember the very sweet person that was giving me the clip test. She was a Christian. She came over and she laid hands on me, the last three that I needed. And I want you to know that I was able to finish that and I was able to get my degree. And this smile will tell you that right now, that I was able to finish it. They'll show a picture here just in a second. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to be able to finish something. Listen, here's my question. Do you quit in the face of adversity? Do you get overcome so bad that you just throw the towel in? See, today is the day you're going to decide what kind of person that you're going to be. You, you just got to get to the point in your side and say, you may see me struggle, but you will not see me quit. That's where you got to get to. You may see me struggle, but you won't see me quit. I want you to tell the person next to you, tell them, say, you don't won't see me quit. Tell the person next to you, you won't see me quit. When I commit... I don't quit. I am a finisher. Say, I am a finisher. Look what Paul wrote here to the church at Acts. In, in Acts, the apostles here, look what he wrote. He said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. 
when you read this, you think about this verse as evangelism and the good news, you know. But here's a phrase that people miss a lot of times. The Lord Jesus has given me. He's talking about that task there. Why could Paul finish the race? Because he was not running the race for himself. He considered his life worth nothing. And when we get to the point that we consider our life worth nothing but giving it to the Lord and say, here I am, God, it's not about me. It's not about my goals. It's not about my desires. It's not about my dreams. Sometimes you'll get tempted and you just want to quit. I've quit this church hundreds of times. You know what day of the week I quit this church? On Monday. But I never officially turned in my resignation. If you would think of it on a Monday, and you would pray for me, I'd appreciate it. And not just me. How many of you know another pastor besides me that pastors? Anybody know anybody else? Pray for that pastor too. Because the temptation to throw in the towel is the enemy coming at us and telling us that we don't have what it takes. Here's one thing I know. This is not a sprint in this life for any of us. It is a marathon. The race is going to get harder no matter what you're doing, no matter what your job is. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be opposition that's going to come your way from people and decisions that's been made. And there's going to be things that's going to happen. There's going to be persecution that comes at all of us, especially as Christians in this day and time. And there's going to be pain that's going to so ensue that you just want to throw it away and say, I'm done. If you're quitting what God has called you to start, Maybe you care more about something than you do finishing what God has called you to do. Because I always remember what God has called you to do, God will always bring you through. I promise you that he will do that. He said here, Paul said, I consider my life worth nothing. So I want you to think with me a moment, and I want you to fill in the blank. I consider my whatever it is worth nothing to me. What is that in your own life? I consider people's opinions worth nothing to me. I consider my comfort worth nothing to me. I consider my net worth nothing to me. Or I consider my personal desires worth nothing to me. I consider my hopes worth nothing to me. I consider my dreams worth nothing to me. I consider my goals worth nothing to me. I consider my popularity worth nothing to me. How do you finish a race that God has called you to run. You got to know first and foremost, the race is not for you. The race is for God. So how do you do it? One step at a time. One step at a time. Each day you take a step at a time. Each day you take a step at a time. It's just one step at a time that you're trying to, and so many times people, what they do when they start in something, they get so overwhelmed because they take too many steps, get frustrated, discouraged, then they quit. God just wants us to be faithful in stepping one step at a time. And I will tell you, Satan is going to do everything he can do to put the weight on your feet and tell you not to take that next step. Listen, you take that next step with the power and the purpose of Almighty God, and God's going to see you through this. I promise you that. Listen, you don't have to finish today. You just take another step. You think about Jesus when he was on his way to the cross. 
each step that he took, what he endured through those six trials that he went through. You think about each step that he took, that he got to the point of his arm stretched out. His father turns his back on him because his father cannot condone or look at sin. And he, next thing you know, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then he gets to the point that he knows he has fulfilled his father's will. And he said, I am But think about the steps of what he went through to get to the finish line. They hated Jesus. What did Jesus do? He loved them back. How many times when you know somebody hates you, do you love them back? Think about the people that Jesus was facing there. They struck him on one cheek. He turned his other to them. What do we do? We want to throw blows back, right? That's human nature, right? We want to live human or we want to live for the divine one. You think about everything that he faced. Here he was. He was the very one here that was carrying the cross. And every time he'd stumble, no doubt, he'd get right back up. And he'd stand right back up. One step at a time. One step at a time. The very people that they, that they were that praising him, coming into Jerusalem the, the week that he came in, the very people, no doubt, were ones that were cursing him. What did he do when they were cursing him? They walked by and said, he saved others. He can't even save himself. Father. Give them. They don't know what they're doing. He made it to the finish line. So if we want to be like Jesus, when you commit, you don't quit. When I'm tempted to quit, when you're tempted to quit, maybe you need to send another text till you get a response. Maybe you need to make that phone call again. Maybe you need to say another prayer for them. Or maybe you need to give another gift to that person that hurt you. Maybe you need to run another mile for somebody. Maybe you need to memorize another verse because it's hard for you to forgive. Maybe you need to take another lesson. Or maybe you need to be a person that's going to ask for another meeting when they don't want to meet with you. Or maybe you need to talk to your child again or pray for your child again. Or forgive somebody again and again and again and dream that dream one time after another. When you commit... You don't quit. Just take another step. Take another step. Take another step. Because you're not at the finish line yet. A few years ago, my wife and I were honored to go to Barcelona, Spain. And we got to see the church that God he built and all the different stuff. But the one place that I wanted to go was the stadium where they held the 1992 Olympics. And I can tell you when we got there, I don't know what it was, but it was this feeling that when we walked into the stadium, it was just complete awe. I I just can't, I can't explain it. Here's my wife and I standing in the stadium. We took a picture with it behind us. Absolutely incredible place. But you know, it makes me think about Derek Redmond that ran the 400 meter a British guy that as he was trying to run through the 400 meter he snapped his hamstring I think that's correct and it's so awe inspiring to see what takes place because sometimes I don't know about you but some of the worst things can hit us 
and we just can't seem to take another step and we just need we just need a little help sometimes we just get to the end of ourselves don't we check this out like Derek's dad loved Derek so much he said son you don't have to do this alone and his dad gave him the courage to keep going and that's what's so awesome about a relationship with our Heavenly Father sometimes you get to the end of your strength and that's when the courage and the strength of our Heavenly Father he goes with us he'll never leave us He'll never forsake us. He'll go with us to the very end. You'll never have to run this race and this life alone. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. He said, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He said, I'm certain of it. See, when we are at our weakest point, that's when God is our strength for that next step. Think about this for a moment. Why do so many people quit? Why do so many people quit on their marriage? Why do so many people quit when it comes to ministries? Why do so many people quit with the dream or the go? Why do so many people quit on God? Because to them, quitting is an option. What if quitting wasn't an option at all in our hearts and lives. What if we got married and we said, marriage is not a contract, it's a godly covenant, till death do we part. What if we were called in ministry, but not going to, we're not going to throw in the towel. What God is going to do and called us to do, he's going to do it through us and give us the strength to be able to complete it. You may see me struggle, but you won't see me quit. Listen, when I commit, I don't quit. I'm going to finish. And that's what you have to make your mind up. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. And understanding that when I commit, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish. So here's what I want you to say. Don't quit. Say it. Say it again. I am a finisher. Father, thank you 
for examples of those who finished the race. Lord, I love reading even in Hebrews chapter 11, the faith hall of fame of those who did not quit. Thank you for Paul who went all the way to being executed. He did not quit. And I'm thanking you, Father, for those here. And I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to touch every person here to be empowered not to quit, but to finish the race you've called us all to. Lord, I know this word is for someone to finish. And I pray, Lord, today that they'll follow through. How many of you here right now know that there's something the Lord wants you to finish that he's called you to do and you need the strength to do so? Would you just lift your hand all across the auditorium? Just lift your hand. Something that you know God wants you to do. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for your honesty and your vulnerability. Truth is, maybe you didn't raise your hand and congrats to you if you have it down pat. I know I don't and most of us, if we're honest, we don't have it down pat. Truth is, I believe we all have unfinished business for the Heavenly Father. God, I pray right now, God, that you touch every heart and everyone on everything that they need to do for your glory. Bless them in that. So I asked you as we continue praying, What's your heavenly sent assignment that God wants you to finish while you're living on earth? What is it? Would you ask God right where you're at to reveal this to you? And just tell him, say, Lord, I'm going to commit. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to finish. I pray your strength to help me follow through and courage with perseverance and power and strength from you take each step just tell him say Lord I'm going to be faithful maybe you're here today and you've been ready to throw in the towel but one commitment that you've never made is made Jesus the Lord of your life that's where your strength when you come to the end of your strength that's when the strength of God begins for you I want to say thank you for coming today and we're so thankful that Jesus finished the race, the work of dying for our sins because we've all missed the mark. That's what it means. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned and we all need a Savior. And maybe that's you today. And you know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but the world would be saved through him. Maybe he's laid his finger on your heart and says... I want you to ask me to be the Lord of your life. You see, he died in our place, so salvation is a free gift. It's something you can't earn. You just have to believe it and receive it. So right now, I want to ask everyone to stand to your feet. If you would, please, if you're physically able, stand to your feet. If you're here today and you know that you've never received the Lord. Maybe you believe in God, but you've never received Him as your Lord and Savior. And you feel the conviction of His love on your heart. And you know you need to pray right where you're at. If that's you today, do not be embarrassed to lift your hand in just a moment when I asked you to. Because the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you're ashamed of Him here, He'll be ashamed of you in front of His Father at judgment. So if you know you need to pray, 
and ask him to be the Lord of your life for the first time, would you just lift your hand real high across the auditorium? Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to pray and ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Lift your hand up real high. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, just be honest. Say, I really need to receive him as the Lord and Savior of my life. Well, here's what I want you to do. Your altar's right where you're at. I want you to pray right where you're at. I wish I could pray your prayer for you, but it's your prayer of repentance that does it. Would you just let the Lord know? Say, Lord Jesus, just tell him this in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. And everybody here prays and prays. We don't pray alone. We all pray together. Just right now, everybody pray and pray for these that are wanting salvation. Just say, Lord Jesus, I want to invite you into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe in you, that you died for me. I ask you to save my soul. I want to be born again. My life is yours. And when you pray that in faith in Jesus Christ, it's not just a prayer you say. It's something you believe. Right now, you feel the, the presence and the power of the Spirit of God releasing you of that, what was in your life. You feel His peace that passes all understanding. What you do in this moment right now, you thank Him for saving your soul. And He's going to give you the presence of His Holy Spirit for you to be able to have Him in your heart and go with you. He said He'd never leave you or forsake you. He's going to go with you from this point forward. Can we give God praise for what He's done in the house right now? Give God praise for what He's done in the house right now. Glory be to your name, Jesus. Glory be to your name, Jesus. Glory be to your name, Jesus. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for you're still saving souls. You're still touching hearts. Revival's breaking out all across our land. And Lord, we praise you for that. So right now, God, thank you, God, that you finished the race, Lord Jesus. Help us to finish the race for your glory and your honor alone. And it's a name above all names whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen. let's lift the roof off this place. God's a good God. Praise his holy name today. So we're so thankful that you're here. We're going to go into a time of giving. And I want to say thank you. When I think about giving, Shannon and I, and we've done this, we'll be married 34 years in September, and our whole marriage we've always given to the local church. But you know what stirs me more than anything about that? It's what I saw happen here change lives. Is that not worth it? Doesn't that make you a cheerful giver? It does me. I like to be cheerful to give back to God because when I see people's lives change from death to life. So I'm just so thankful for that. So thankful for that. But anyway, there's multiple ways you can give electronically on the app, out there on the kiosk. You can do it if you want to, far as doing it tangibly as you leave. But um, what I want to do is you're preparing your hearts to give, and you're doing that in this moment. Uh, I'm going to show you a short video clip. Next week, we're starting a series, a four-week series of messages that we're going to be telling you some things that you are going to be stoked about that we get to be a part of. It's amazing, and it's about loving my neighbor. You know what, some of these neighbors, we just won't choke in the name of Jesus, don't we, right? Can I get a witness? Anyway, so as you're praying your hearts right now and giving, check out this video.
Father, um, thank you for the opportunity to give in your house. You gave us the greatest example of giving as you gave your son. I thank you for each one that gives God, and may you bless each one richly and immensely. As I was reading in Luke this week about the widow, she gave all she had. The others gave from a surplus. God, it's not the size of the gift we bring. It's the size of the sacrifice. So thank you for each one that does. I pray that we'll continue to be good stewards of it. Freedom Church exists to reach people to know you, Lord, and we're going to keep doing that with everything that we've got in us. And I thank you that we all get to be a part of that. So bless the tithes and offerings that's been brought in. Multiply it for your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody says, amen. All right, so next week, how many of you know somebody needs a church family? Raise your hand real quick. Yes, yes, I think we all do. I think next week we'll prove the point to people that might just, I don't, I love God, I don't like church. I think they're going to see some things in these next four weeks that's going to change your mind because I want us to live out what the Scripture teaches. That's what I want us to do about loving our neighbors. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Can't wait to reveal the things that we're going to be doing in our community. So anyway, and through our church. But also, bring somebody with you next week uh, that's brand new. Uh, what I want to share with you, if you gave your life to Christ, I have a gift for you. I'll be over at Next Steps if you prayed that prayer. You can come over and see that. If you need prayer, come and see us. If we've never met you, come and see us. We'd love to help you with your next steps across from the coffee house. And also, don't forget, we're doing worship and praise and worship and prayer here each Wednesday night at 6.30 to 8. Love for you to be a part of that. If you have not come, you'll really enjoy it. It's just really stripped down, raw, praising the Lord and praying to the Lord. So love for you to be a part of that. Other than that, I love every one of you. I'm so thankful and I'm honored and I'm humbled that I get to be able to stand here and you're willing to listen and what God can do through us in this church. Let's give him praise as we leave and we'll see you next week.